Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. So as you can see from the title, the primary goal of this episode is to kind of finish recording all the tunes that were published in uh, Walker Jackson's uh, celebrated Irish tunes from 1774. So we've we've heard most of them uh, across two other kind of two earlier episodes. Uh, This week we are going to finish them up. Uh, We're kind of doing the deepest look into Jackson over the water and uh, humors of Listavane. kind of exploring several different versions of that. Uh, we're also going to hear Jackson's turret and Jackson's bowner boffer. have no idea how to exactly pronounce that or what it means, and doing a quick poke around traditional tune archive didn't help. So if anybody knows what's what a bowner boffer or bogger, bowner bogger, I'm not sure what this is. Um, anyway, if you know what it is, let me know. Uh, then we're going to hear Maids in the Morning from Jackson. We'll also check out O'Farrell's setting for that same tune. Um... We're going to do the same thing. So Humors of Listavane, we're going to play O'Farrell's setting of a similar tune called Sheila Nagra, well, Will You Be Mine? And that's also maybe better known as The Price of My Pig. So I'm going to actually sing an old ballad uh, or an old broadside version of the tune Price of My Pig, kind of as a set with all those tunes. And for Jackson Over the Water, we're going to hear Goodman's setting for Jackson's Over the Water, as well as Jackson's, obviously. And then we're going to hear O'Farrell's setting for Jackson's Lake, which is the same tune. Um, But same name, Jackson's Lake, we also see in Sutherland, and it sounds pretty different. So we're going to listen to all those tunes. And of course, to round it out, and because I still have the loan of a pretty fun-to-play Nate Banton border pipe, I'm going to play a William Dixon tune as well. So we'll start our music off with Cut and Dry Dolly, New Way on border pipes. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, go to the post. I've been kind of not mentioning various uh, messages I've received from Keith Sanger for a while, so let's uh, let's kind of go check on on there. So off to the mail coach. So yeah, Keith kind of emailed me in a couple times, honestly, without me mentioning it here. Uh, but he drew my attention to an article by uh, Roddy Cannon about English bagpipe music, uh, just pointing out that, you know, there's, I, I mentioned a little bit that there's uh, Virgin Queen and other versions of that tune, kind of Drops of Brandy or uh, Camillion, that uh, comes from Playford, which is an old collection of kind of English dance tunes and uh, possibly old English bagpipe music as well. It's sort, it seems like that's sort of the thrust of this uh article by canon i read the sections like he sent me and i have found it on jstor so if you have a decent uh, library account you can probably access this whole article uh, it was published back in 1972 in kind of volume two number three of folk music journal i feel like i have seen you see excerpts from this article show up in several places like on traditional tune archive and that sort of thing but yeah, might be a thing worth looking at. I haven't read all of it yet. Just found it before recording here. Uh, the other thing that I've been meaning to, to mention and haven't got around to yet, uh, back when Isaac and I were chatting about uh, kind of tartan and, and bagpipes, 
Keith wrote in and we had a bit of a chat, but kind of throughout the course of discussion, it, I realized that I, at no point in the podcast that I mentioned my go-to sources for a lot of that information. Uh, we were talking a lot about Peter McDonald, Tartan historian, but didn't talk to, about the really accessible books, I think, both by Hugh Cheap. Um, I really love Hugh Cheap's Bagpipes book. It's just called Bagpipes, National Collection of a National Instrument. Um, as far as I understand, Cheap um, is like the curator of the Bagpipe Museum at the National Piping Center, which is awesome in Glasgow if you... Uh, ever have a chance to go. Um, and then the other book is also by Hugh Cheap called Tartan, the Highland Habit. Um, and you can get Tartan, the Highland Habit here in the States for like four bucks used online. Uh, and it's definitely a, a small little book that is quite accessible and good to read. So, uh, but both of these books are great. The nice thing about the bagpipe book, if you don't have it yet, um, I'm not sure if new editions still have it, but it came with a CD-ROM that has just photos of basically... Uh, every bagpipe that uh, Hugh Cheap managed to kind of photograph while he worked for, I think he worked for National Museum Scotland and was sort of, uh, if I had read this book more recently, I'd remember because he talks about it in the introduction, but essentially every bagpipe was sort of thrust at Hugh Cheap and he was asked to do something with it or make sense of it. Um, and anyway, this winds up being a really great little book, a great history, and that CD is just incredible. The one thing that bothers me about it, though, is there's so many, looking through the CD images of kind of old bagpipes, a lot of them, like if you get into the files of it, there's not a lot of context for the images, um, but it's just still makes you want a lot of things. Favorite thing in there, in the pictures, I'm not sure if it made it into the printed book, there's a lot of beautiful pictures in the book as well, but... Uh, on the CD-ROM, yeah, it looks like it isn't in the actual book proper, but on the CD-ROM, there's a walking stick. Like somebody made a walking stick that was a bagpipe, so essentially a practice changer and a drone built into uh, a walking stick, which I have definitely tried to get pipe-making friends to be interested enough uh, to make them, but so far it hasn't hasn't worked. So if anybody's out there making bagpipes casually and feels like they want to make me a walking stick with a drone and chanter in it for fun It'd be pretty cool um i can send you the image there's a video on youtube of john burgess playing uh, his cane but uh, the walk that that cane doesn't have a drone built in it's just a chanter but uh, still pretty cool i'll link that in the show notes as well uh, so anyway thanks for kind of the email and reminders to to look at other things to keith and anyway let's uh move on and let's get our first tune out of the way i guess i'm gonna uh, once again start the episode with uh, uh border pipes tune so we'll get the the one william dixon tune out of the way and then move on to finishing up jackson and so here is cut and dry dolly new way
that's a good tune. All right, let's get started with some Jackson goodness. So uh, we're going to begin with Jackson Over the Water. This is, again, from his own book from 1774. Not a hundred percent sure that I got that right. Uh, in the early days of me looking at Jackson's book, he he puts naturals, he, he marks naturals on the F sometimes, um, on, on several notes that I assume means I'm supposed to play that with a key, because nobody else marks those things natural. But uh, I don't think I was supposed to. <laughs> anyway, so apologies for those kind of weird F sharps that were supposed to be F naturals. I just didn't quite understand how Jackson was writing it, but. Uh, after listening to it a couple times and playing it that way, I kind of think I might like it with that little bit of a um, sharp in there. Uh, anyway, let's go chronologically. Kind of the next tune uh, is from Sutherland. So Sutherland is a piper all the way over in Aberdeenshire. So it's just kind of interesting. Another one of these Jackson tunes that makes it kind of into a wider audience. And as I, I mentioned this, I think, last episode, almost all of the tunes, if not all of them, in Jackson Celebrated Irish Tunes here are in James Aird's collection and basically note for note the same to the point where I assume Aird just copied it over. But Jackson's tunes that make it into Sutherland's manuscript are far from note for note the same. Uh, and yeah, so it's just kind of interesting to see that it shifts. Uh, and Sutherland calls this tune Jackson's Lake rather than Jackson over the water. Uh, O'Farrell calls it the same thing, Jackson's Lake. So anyway, here is Sutherland's setting from Aberdeenshire, sometime between 1760 and 1780 for Jackson's Lake on a B-flat whistle. Mm-hmm. 
So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's not the same tune. And I agree. I don't know that that's even, uh, that's not similar enough to Jackson Over the Water that I would have assumed it was the same tune. Um, but when O'Farrell, so O'Farrell setting for Jackson's Lake, you can hear that it is Over the Water, uh, which we'll go to now. So this is from uh, O'Farrell's Tudor book. So that means it's from around 1799 or 1800 or so. And you can see it is much more uh, resembling of Jackson Over the Water. So if we've got uh, Jackson publishing it in 1774, Sutherland, I think that probably just shouldn't count. That's a different tune <laughs> in 1760 or 80. Uh, and then O'Farrell's Jackson's Lake in 1800. Let's jump all the way to 1860s with Canon Goodman's version. Uh, Goodman has it down as Jackson's Over the Water again rather than Jackson's Lake. Uh, but this is Goodman's setting for it. And not a heck of a lot of difference from uh, Jackson's own version of it. Uh, it is worth noting, so Goodman doesn't mark out the naturals, so I didn't feel like I was supposed to hit a key. Uh, so that might be a closer version of what was intended. But it, in Jackson's setting, uh, there is that dotting and cutting kind of written into it, which we don't see in Goodman's version, uh, nor do we see it in Jackson's Lake. So we definitely see a little bit more kind of dotting and cutting going on and Jackson's own publication, uh, which I think is really kind of lends itself to that tune. The other thing, all these Jackson tunes, I feel bad that my regs aren't really working in harmony with my channel yet, because 
all of these tunes would just be really fun and kind of easy to to reg uh, to regulator the heck out of. Uh, that's a that's a verb, isn't it? I regulated it. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next collection of tunes, shall we? Um, I guess next let's do maids in the morning so this is another tune that i absolutely adored uh it was one of the few tunes that i had a good regulator set up for in years past because i used to play this a ton but um but yeah that's not gonna happen today <laughs> so here is jackson setting for maids in the morning and we'll check out o'farrell's afterwards probably repeated that one more time than I needed to. Uh, I have gotten new drone reads uh, and these last couple tracks is me still trying to come to terms with them. So I'm using easy drone reads in here, uh, which means I've got all three drones working most of the time, which is an improvement from my previous adjustments. I, I'm really, I gotta say, obviously I'm, I'm loving the Kohler Quinn Chanter, but um, I've been surprised at how much, uh, well, the drones, like trying to adjust the drones to that lower pressure, didn't work with my original set of drone reads and so when i got another set of drone reads these easy drones uh you know i decided okay well i can put the other ones back to loud after doing a lot of adjustments to them they sort of just bounced back into working at a higher pressure um and then yeah putting my above air channer back on and playing that you know it's i'm pretty impressed with just how 
how I mean it's still hard as all heck, but the nice thing about being hard as all heck is like I used to play that thing for four to five hours at a time outside in various weathers and it would hold fairly stable uh to like as in tune like fairly listenable anyway um so yeah i'm i'm definitely looking forward to spending some tlc and getting a good read for that because you know the kohler and quinchanter sounds amazing and it's a nice light read but you know after an hour of playing sometimes it's just it's had about enough of me messing with it and needs a break so uh yeah anyway let's do next this is o'farrell setting for maids in the morning so this is from 1806 or so And this next one, I actually played, uh, we're going to do Jackson's Turret next. I actually played this on the podcast as the kind of season finale episode um, back last year. Uh, But I didn't have uh, like a version of the actual uh, notes yet. So before I was just using the source that I'm linking to. If you want to look at the notes for this, I'm linking to um, that Cape Irish website uh, run by Bill Black, I think is the fellow's name. But, uh, you know, after posting around looking for it, Terry Moylan, who's I think still the archivist at uh, Napibri Ellen, sent me a copy. So that's what I'm playing all these off of, is off of, uh, uh, I guess it's the National Library of Ireland's copy that Napibri Ellen has a, has a scan of, if I've got that right. Yeah, National Library of Ireland. Uh, anyway, so here is Jackson's Turret. Uh, I love this tune. It sounds so much like a country dance tune. Uh, yeah, it's just just lovely. And Jackson's turret is what Jackson called his house, <laughs> like his, you know, fancy country estate. He called the turret uh, or the the castle. So, anyway, here is Jackson's turret.
right, and one more that I'm not going to go poking around looking for other versions of, mostly because I can't figure out what this tune's about. This is Jackson's Bowner Boffer, Bowner Bauger, don't know, I'm desperately looking forward to someone's email explaining what this tune means. Um, this is an interesting tune, it is clear, a couple of Jackson's tunes in here, it seems like he had like a pastoral chanter or just a chanter with a foot on it so he could get that low C kind of leading note. Uh, at least I have seen other ones of his tunes that do that, and now I'm having a hard time finding any um, that I made that claim. Uh, not seeing them. I might have made that up in my memory, but uh, yeah, okay. Well, in this in this book, there's only one tune that does it, and that is this one, Jackson's Bowner Boffer, or whatever. And that uses a lot of C's. So, uh, you know, the time period that Jackson was playing, you know, mid-18th century to, you know, 1780s or so, you know, that certainly is the heyday for um, chanters that had feet, like that extension foot on there, so you could get that low note. I tried, um, like, probably a bad idea, but I cut some hose, you know, who doesn't have a bunch of extra hose around for bellow connectors, and it just happens to fit the bottom of my channer perfectly. So I tried cutting like a foot to add on, but obviously there's more engineering that goes on in a channer with a foot joint than just simply adding a little bit of an extender to it. So, I mean, it worked. It sounded like crap, and uh, it was gonna. It was clear that it was always going to sound bad, and it was probably going to have to be much longer than I was uh, wanting to do to get this effect. So what I have done to try to be as true to the music as possible, I actually recorded it on small pipes and then overdubbed it with Illin pipes. Um, so I don't know, when I was kind of playing through this, the music for my wife earlier, she said, I do not like that. Um, so you might not like this either, but it seemed like the best way I could come up with to get that low C sound. So anyway, here is Jackson's Bowner Boffer. wife might be right on that one um i know there's uh, i've seen people do like hitting the regulator note for that c rather than 
uh, do what I just did or skip it all together. I tried that and couldn't really get it to sound musical to me. That might have been just inexperience with regulators or balancing issues. Um, but yeah, I tried it years ago, didn't like it, so I just haven't been back. But definitely is also an option if you've got a bass regulator to kind of use that note. Um, use that note there. But I think it's hard to keep your rhythm on the channel. But hey, with practice, regulators can do anything. Um, so. All right, what's next? What's our next tune here? I think that's it. Do we just have one left? Uh, yeah. Looks like we've got one tune left. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take next week off. I keep meaning to uh, switch to every other week and then just kind of having more stuff to do. So I'm going to not release a new episode on uh, May Day on, or on, you know, the end of, the end of May here. But we'll be back uh, first week of May. The first week of May is going to be Bandcamp Friday again, so be sure to check out the musicians that have supported the podcast in the past, or to buy my album, Oyster Wise Rant, if you haven't done that yet. Over on Patreon, I've recently posted some links to uh, some things, so the reason the episode's a little bit late this week is I have been unexpectedly car shopping, as well as going through the same kind of <laughs> just anxiety and frustration that the most of the United States has been going through lately with like another wave of police killings and mass shootings. It's been pretty rough over here. Um, but the other reason that the episode is late is I gave a guest, uh, kind of guest lecture on some of my research. So I recorded that and put it on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, you can join the Patreon and you'll get a link to see what I actually do for a living rather than bagpipes. Although, if anybody wants to hire me to do bagpipes for a living, I'll switch gears. That'll be fine. Um, anyway, so thanks everybody for listening and tuning in. Uh, I've, I have I didn't go to the mail coach uh, section for... Uh, I've received a, a number of kind of lovely emails from folks uh, that are picking up border tunes and uh, about progress and that sort of thing. So anyway, keep them coming. It's good to hear from everyone. Um, you can check the Patreon out. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to support the show. I lowered the uh, kind of base level down a dollar, so it's just $2. Uh, Patreon doesn't want you to lower it less than 3 so I felt... I don't know. Anyway, 2 bucks if you just want to support the show. Uh, that would help a lot. We are still haven't quite made it to the goal of being able to cover the costs of hosting the podcast, but we have made a heck of a lot of... Um, we're close, though, so... Appreciate the Patreons, and appreciate all y'all for listening. So this next tune we're going to do is sort of started from liking a Jackson tune um, that seemed like it's a tune you still hear quite a bit, Humors of Listivane, or Humors of Listrum, I think it might get called now. Um, it sounded really familiar to me, this tune, and I spent a, had a hard time trying to track down what the tune was, uh, and I sent a message to my buddy Ryan Benke, uh, who said he couldn't tell what it was either when I played the version of it that I had in my head um, but he was pretty sure it was one of two tunes and anyway one of them it was indeed it was O'Farrell's Sheila Negra Will You Be Mine um, but Ryan knew that tune uh, Sheila Negra Will You Be Mine as The Price of My Pig and that is an interesting name for a tune and so I went around looking up uh, Price of My Pig stuff uh, to try to figure that out and the traditional tune archive had some broadsides um, or had had some lyrics anyway for the 
kind of popular or the folk song version of it. So, uh, and then Irish traditional music archive hosted a broad, uh, broadside from probably mid 19th century or something. And it's just sort of a funny tune about a pig uh, and a guy who sells a pig and, uh, has, is kind of tricked by a, uh, professional lady or, uh, yeah. Anyway, he loses the price of his pig and he's pretty upset about it and swears on all sorts of, uh, sacred, funny and, important uh, icons of Irish culture that he is going to avenge the loss of the price of his pig. So so this next thing I'm going to play is uh, kind of, it's a set. It starts with O'Farrell's Sheila Negrawa, You'll Be Mine, and then me singing Price of My Pig. Uh, do another Sheila Negrawa, You'll Be Mine, and then into the humors of Listavane, which is the last of the Jackson tunes. So uh, it's been really fun to play through this small little book. Um, but I'm kind of happy to be done with it. Uh, I'm going to take a break from Jackson next week. We'll have some high or not next week, but next episode, I'll, I'll get some more Highland piping on here. Cause it's been a while. And, uh, but yeah, I'm kind of pumped. There's a bunch of Jackson tunes in aired that aren't in this book. There's a bunch of Jackson tunes in Sutherland that we haven't played yet. There's a bunch of Jackson tunes in, uh, Goodman as well. So uh, we're not done with Walker Jackson. We're just done with his book. So, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and here is Price of My Pig plus Humors of Listavane. A day sure the worst I took my way to the sweet fair of Trim There to sell a swine It was my design It was fat and fair Complete in each limb My swine was as mild as a lamb or a child You might drive it all over the globe with a sprig The truth now I tell I sold it right well Three pounds ten shillings Was the price of my pig I clapped cash on my thigh and a glass to me eye, and to town I did fly like a sportin' young buck. I met a smart dame, she belonged to the game. She came up to me, to be sure for good luck. She tipped me the wink, we slipped in for the drink, but the jade bewitched me to dance Venus's jig. But in the wheel round she slipped her hand down, and stripped me quite bare of the price of my peg. When I missed my share, like a man in despair, I ran tearing my hair, seeking her up and down. Each corner and lane I searched all in vain, but not a foot of the jade could be found. Meet her where I will, I sure will her kill. I swear by the hair on Lord Norbury's wig, to the day that I die for vengeance I'll cry, on the jade that robbed me the price of my pig. And now the next day I straight took my way, as I heard of a fair being then held at Sham. When I capered there I was loaded with care, and found my walk was but labour in vain. To the house of John Flynn I next stepped in, where I danced to reels and one double jig, and hopes by the by I might cast an eye on the jade that robbed me the price of my pig. 
By tor and by screen, by the Lord of Killeen, by the great fog of Valen, by the high hill of Hoth, by the church, by the bell, by Paddy Miguel. Now for to swear more, you know I am loth. And all I did swear, believe me sincere, I will not spare her for Tory or Whig. But for her base action, I'll have satisfaction upon the jade's bones for the price of my pig. Since my case it is so, straight home I will go, my shuttle to throw, and from drinking refrain, I'll stick to my loom while youth is in bloom, and I'll never be caught by a strumpet again. If the Lord of Mayo he knew of my woe, he'd shortly come down in a coach or a gig. He'd search all around to that jade he found, and put her in pound for the price of my pig.